0: hello hello <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to why did you make it i'm Dmitry malhoff i'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land the turbal and the yagoro people and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded <laughs> Today I'm here with Emma Walton from Start Together, Bad Text, and previously from Low Dive and Foxsmith.
1: Yeah, there's a list of (laughs) various things I've been in (laughs) over the years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to start by asking you how you got into music and what your journey has been from start to now.
1: Yeah, okay, so I guess probably a little bit similar to other people, but I didn't start playing music as like a small child i was mm-hmm. in my early teens uh-huh. i always wanted to play like in the band at school in primary school but i never got picked yeah. it, that was like a sore point for me uh-huh. Maybe my mum just wasn't on the PNC, or maybe I just was really terrible at playing keyboards. <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure. Jury's yeah, it's out.
0: Definitely your mum. She, yeah. she should have been. It's all to, her fault. Um,
1: <laughs> But I always like looked at all the instruments, and I was always so intrigued by them, and really wanted to play, um, but never got chosen. Mm-hmm. And then in start of high school, um, we did classroom music and. Yeah. I got to play a nylon string guitar and I just remember picking up a guitar yep. for the first time uh-huh. and learning how to play uh, Drunken Sailor <laughs> as the first, which is funny because it's out of school, um, yep. as the first song that I learned. I just remember picking up the guitar and it just felt right. It felt good. And yep. I was like, this, this is what I need to do, mm. this, this thing. And yeah, I just kind of picked it up and started playing and got some lessons and the Girls in my class, I was friends with. They were, you know, had learned piano for years or clarinet or violin. They were quite talented and Mm -hmm. maybe more feminine in their approach to music. Mm -hmm. And I picked up the guitar and just wanted to be like Joan Jett. I just wanted to play. like punk music and (laughs) rock and roll and yeah Yeah, so I just started playing and I ended up playing like the school band uh in the big band and Mm -hmm. I guess that was probably my first exposure to playing to an audience yep there was all that sort of high school music mm-hmm. and yeah through high school I met a great friend of mine Riley and we started playing in like a pop folk band yep. uh it was very twee very yep. terrible really when I listen back to it <laughs> I've now I've never I've never heard any of
0: the music um <laughs> you shouldn't
1: <laughs> I think there's like two, 200 cds still at my parents <laughs> house somewhere <laughs>
0: We all have we all have a collection of two hundred CDs of our first release somewhere. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, if you don't, then good job yeah. to you.
1: Yeah, that's maybe that's real talent right there. Um, <laughs> but I certainly have the two hundred CDs somewhere that should probably be just destroyed. But um, yeah, I just started playing music at at high school sort of talent show things and yeah. markets remember busking the markets a mm-hmm. lot when i was in high school yeah. and eventually when we were 18 and able to i guess more easily play in venues we started playing just as an acoustic duo yeah at bars and stuff and i guess that was sort of my lead into playing in bands in in brisbane yeah yeah
0: cool what what was the first bar that you played in
1: that's a tricky one i, I it was probably x and y x and y i don't know if it's still a thing I've, It used to do, like, they used to have gigs. Yeah, Um, right. I don't know what it is now. I think it might still be there. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. The other one was Bar Soma.
0: Okay. I
1: played a lot of, like, Sunday sessions there. Yeah, okay. And that's definitely gone. Yeah. It was quite a while ago. It was like would have been, like, 2009, 2010.
0: Mm. I find it incredible how quick the turnover seemingly is of live music venues and, like, nightclubs and stuff. Oh,
1: totally. Nature of maybe... A lot of the hospitality and live music venues that Mm. pop up. But I guess, like, since then in Brisbane, though, it's been such a shift in... I feel like there's a lot more venues now than what maybe there used to be. Or at least maybe I just sort of know where I want to play. Mm -hmm. Brisbane has definitely evolved a lot in the last 10-15 years that's for sure
0: yeah how how do you could you sort of explain to me a a very very young little boy what that kind of shift has looked like over the last 10 years
1: there's so many things that have changed I just remember playing gigs everyone was wearing skinny jeans floral shirts tucked in buttoned up yeah it was when guitar bands just sort of exploded in Brisbane Mm -hmm. and everyone was in a band, you know. And there were venues like the Troubadour and Mm -hmm. Rick seemed to be maybe more of a central sort of Hmm. venue for a lot of bands starting out. I'm not too sure if that's still the case. Yeah, I think for me, like, you know, the venues have come and gone and, you know, people have been in and out of different bands over the last 10 years. But Hmm. I feel like there's still a lot of the same venues that have survived, yep. in one way, shape, or form. Yep. But I think what's changed, I think for the better, is the attitudes around people making music, mm-hmm. and I think the accept. It's been a bit more accepting of women making music. Yeah, I feel I feel that as a a big change in Brisbane from mm-hmm. ten years ago to now, which could just coincide with me being more self assured now, maybe as mm. well as a person as a as a musician. Yeah, but I certainly feel that that shift in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. As for all the venues, I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. It's good to hear that. Yeah, from someone who's like observed the industry for the last couple of years, you can see a bit of a shift towards supporting more female and would you say non-binary acts as well too? Oh, right? definitely.
1: Yeah. I think there's still a very long way to go in terms of making, you know, these spaces more inclusive and there's mm-hmm. still certain venues that I think probably need to work a bit harder than others but just in general I just remember playing in like all-girl bands mm-hmm. and having to navigate those really male dominated spaces mm. and yeah it wasn't it al- it wasn't always an easy thing to do there was yeah. certainly some venues and some people that it was yeah no problems at all And other times you'd turn off with all your gear and they go oh that's cute you're helping your boyfriend yeah you know wh- when are they getting here and yeah be like oh where where the band right. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're here we're, we're here playing. to play yeah tell me about your experiences working with different people throughout those years because you've been in a few bands now over those years
1: so i've worked in or played in lots of different bands and worked with lots of different people and for me music is very much a a very social sort of part of my life i mm-hmm. center a lot of the creative things i do it's it's um essentially my social life, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I guess all the bands that I've been in have essentially been with friends, mm-hmm. not just um, as like a, I don't know, I guess some people would have songwriting partnerships or creative sort of partnerships that are maybe more centred around like a business or mm-hmm. just a lot of people may play in bands that they don't really know the people all that well. Yeah. Whereas for me, music has always been and probably always will be a very socially driven thing I'm a very socially driven extroverted person Mm -hmm. and I've never actually made music by myself it's always been with other people yeah played in duos i've played in bands i've never really been successful at sitting down by myself and coming up with a song from start to finish and mm-hmm. completing the whole thing by myself i yeah. really thrive off you know hearing what someone else is playing like in start together james will play a drum beat and i'll go oh i can think of a really cool line to yeah. go with that and then you know it's sort of that reactionary creative process that yeah. For me, really, is what drives my songwriting and working with other people, I guess, to feel comfortable in that space. I need to be friends with them or have, have an idea of who they are as people. Yeah. For me, that's really important. Mm. And I've worked, I've been so lucky with having so many great friends in my life that I've met through music. Mm. And even bands that sort of, you know, bands have their sort of shelf life and certainly bands that have fizzled out and, you know, I sort of still keep in contact with those people and Mm -hmm. still really good friends with most people, I think. Yeah. For me, playing music in a band, it's um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a friendship thing, but it's also when you when you go and play at a gig and you play with other people you know your friends come and see you. Mm-hmm. It's it's this wonderful sense of community, and there might be people that I'm not super close with at gigs, but I'll go and see their show. Yeah. I'm interested in what they're doing yeah. creatively. Yeah, and Brisbane is really wonderful that for that because we've got so many little circles of people doing wonderful, wonderful things mm-hmm. and. I really just enjoy the sense of community and the sense of creating art and showing other people that are like-minded. And the idea of you know success or <laughs> something similar. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's recognition amongst those peers that really drives any sort of ambition that mm. I have. I'm more interested to know what you know my mate Kana thinks of this new song I've written rather yeah. than uh, what some big shot producer thinks. Like yeah. that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, very. Right. I don't know, socially driven. So,
0: do you think that's a common theme in the in our community, or
1: I, I think so. I think peer recognition is is a really big thing, hmm. and I think it's really important to let other people that you know like what they're doing is worthwhile, and yeah. it is really great. Yeah, you know, we are so lucky in Brisbane. We have so many amazing people. I was listening to Edgar Hurley's latest single. Mm-hmm just the other day and listening to Carl Tangle's I record, know, which is just this rain that we've been having. I'm just like keep listening to it. It's beautiful. Pull shop is mm-hmm. like just a, you know, yep. a favourite of mine. Of
0: course.
1: Um You're I wearing can, the shirt. I'm right wearing now. the shirt. It's a, it's on high <laughs> rotation in my wardrobe. <laughs> just uh, I love I love pull shop as an artist, but just the shirt is a really cool design too. So yeah. it's just <laughs> It's uh, it's taking all the boxes. That's it, yeah. But no, I think it's really important to go up to someone after a show and say, this is fantastic, this Mm. is really great, or thank you for playing tonight, that was really wonderful. I think we don't often say those things enough, and sometimes as a musician playing in a a local band, you sort of sometimes don't hear that, you don't get to hear all those positive things. Yeah. It's really easy to get tangled up in the downward spiral of trying to succeed as an artist.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really intimidating to go up to someone who you admire after watching them play. Oh, so totally. Too, and sort of saying, hey, that, that was – I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, it is, it is important that people do that because – exactly what you just said sometimes you don't hear that and just one person coming up to you after the show and saying hey i really liked that thing that you did in that one song and it's like oh great my night's made
1: yeah i think it's important just to let people know that what they're doing is worthwhile because i Mm. think there's all these pressures on people that you know you have to succeed you have to have this kind of success to sort of have your work seem valuable yeah i think it's just nice to have that affirmation every now and then
0: yeah Of the people who you have been friends with and who have played in bands that have broken up over the years, what have they gone on to do? Do they... Because I think the interesting thing is that so far through all of these interviews, we've only ever spoken about how people sort of fall into making music. It's sort of like this calling and then you begin to do it and then you continue to do it and then you can never get out of it because you've done it for so long and you like you couldn't imagine doing anything else or like it brings you so much joy yeah exactly and like maybe you're not seeing like commercial return and things like that but you still enjoy doing it so you continue to make it i wonder if you have an insight to some people who have maybe actually just quit and what they've done and why they did it if you have
1: I guess the first band duo I was ever in, my mate Riley, we we played in Unlikely Superheroes, worst band name ever, but (laughs) it's great. Um, And then we changed the name to Little Buffalo and put out another EP. Yeah. We, yeah, we sort of, it was very amicable sort of stop to the band. Riley moved to Melbourne. He's been doing a lot of work with film and Mm -hmm. TV, producing Mm -hmm. things, big, big things, um, like Channel 10, big things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So he's an incredible friend. Uh, I don't see him. Anywhere near as often as I should do, but every now and then I sort of see him going back and still dabbling and doing incorporating music somehow into what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a like a short series comedy based miniseries called Metrosexual, and uh-huh. I, well, it was like about a sexual health clinic. It was very yeah. very funny, and yeah. at the end there was like a musical to raise money for, and raise awareness. Awareness, and he was there writing the song. Yeah, right. in the, so it's sort of like a. There's little snippets of music and things that he does in Mm -hmm. what he does now, but maybe to a lesser extent. But he's still being very creative and Mm. doing all these very interesting things. And he was probably more of an actor in his creative sort of outlets um, rather than as a musician perhaps. Um, So a greater calling to that. I'm just trying to think. It's a bit of a tricky question. One of the people that I don't play music with anymore i don't really have much contact with mm. so we used to date and now we don't yeah. <laughs> uh i'd actually know what they're up to but I, I guess Fox Smith is an interesting one you know one of the girls went to melbourne to pursue melbourne things uh yeah. the classic yeah. i have to go to melbourne mm-hmm. thing um, yeah. maybe we've
0: spoken about that a lot too yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Which is interesting and they've been doing music down there And the drummer Laura as well She is now in Melbourne playing in all different Melbourne bands as well So I think it's um, quite natural for there to be a progression of You know, every band has a a shelf life, I think You sort of Mm -hmm. get it together and it either doesn't work straight away and you sort of fumble through a few jam sessions and it just doesn't work or you get some momentum and, you know, whether it's a year or five years or whatever it is, Mm. you get to this point where it's a really difficult thing. For a group of people to want to do the same thing all at the same time, yeah, but, and put money in equally,
0: and yeah, it's like the age, like the age-old saying that you're basically getting married to everyone else who's in the band. Oh,
1: definitely. It's you're,
0: a... you're going to go on tour with them. You're going to spend most of your nights with them rehearsing and playing yeah. shows and going out with them, and like you have to sleep in the same house as them, driving the same car as them. Yeah, it's. It's huge to be able to spend that amount of time with that many other people and still get along.
1: Yeah, and for everyone to be on the same page and have the same level of motivation mm. all at the same time. It's like being yeah. in a re- relationship with, you know, three or four other people yeah. and just trying to juggle all those relationships and all those needs. Yeah.
0: Um, it's a and pretty meanwhile, incredible Meanwhile, trying to get something to go somewhere. Exactly. Know, like pick up a record and, like, promote it.
1: Yeah, and I guess everyone in the band has their own ego and sense of what they would they actually want to get out of the band too yep. so it's really hard I definitely felt like that with Fox Smith I felt like there are a few different people writing songs mm-hmm. you know I would write this song that the bassline sounded like the drums you know that song money or whatever it yeah, is yeah, like yeah. I just wanted to write like cheesy pop surf rock kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then Charlie was pushing in a totally different direction. She wanted to do something really dark and twisted. And it Mm -hmm. just, like, it was really a fantastic mix of all these different things by the end of Mm -hmm. it. But I think you kind of need to be in a few situations like that to realise how lucky you are when you find yourself in a band where the dynamic is really good mm. and I feel I feel like in Star Together it's really great in that we let Jed bring all these creative things to the table yeah and I think you and myself and James we tend to let him run wild with his ideas because they're usually mm-hmm. fantastic and and just dreadfully complicated at times yep. and
0: we just kind of hang on for dear life and
1: yeah that's it we <laughs> we sort of just strap ourselves in and go okay What's this song and how many bloody chords are they going (laughs) to be? And uh, what are they? Um, But it's a great dynamic that we've formulated because we know to let that process happen. Mm. You know, we're not trying to jump in there and tell him what to do and how to do it. And, you know, we just let it run wild and then we add what we feel like fits And it's a really great dynamic. And I think as friends, we all hang out and make terrible jokes and Mm. and we're silly and we can really just be ourselves and we're all just a, you know, big bunch of dorks most of the time. Like we're not trying to be cooler than anyone else or anything, Um, which I think works really beautifully because we just have a great time and play really weird music and, Mm. like, what else do we really need to do? I mean, we could, you know, put out an album eventually but you yeah. know <laughs> in the meantime <laughs>
0: <laughs> just act like dorks yeah have you felt a pull then in the last 10 years or how long have you played music and bands in pubs now
1: i would say over 10 years it'd be 10 yeah. 11 12 years yeah
0: so in the last 12 years have you thought about quitting music forever and going to do something else and what yeah what are those things that did that?
1: I think the only moment I had was when when low dive sort of fizzled out. It was a bit of a... It was a weird time. Like I felt like I'd really come into my own sort of sense of self with that project in what I was writing and how I was writing and feeling really confident with all my gear Mm -hmm. and being like a female duo that was like this beach house wannabe kind of sort of yeah <laughs> I, don't, I just felt really confident playing mm-hmm. music and being really confident I think as as a woman playing music in the Brisbane scene mm-hmm. I just and and I think when that sort of um fizzled out that was really hard because I it was a loss of I guess of identity for me and mm-hmm. I sort of felt like I didn't really know how to start writing music again and I did sort of ponder okay is this where I should just take that step back and maybe focus on a career in my yeah. day job and I yeah I guess for me like I was really heavily involved with writing the music uh, mm-hmm. writing lyrics and coming up with the ideas that would I guess be more prominent in the music perhaps I was yeah. more responsible yeah and I sort of missed being responsible but then to start again from scratch was really like I still am not there mm. like I still I was like oh, I'm gonna do a solo project like what everyone says you know yeah <laughs> and then I'm I'm still you know three or four years later, just like, ah, I don't know, should I write terrible, you know, elevator music? Or should I, you know, write something that's some terrible post-punk sort of music I don't know what I want to do Mm -hmm. it's like the first time where it's like oh I can choose whatever I want and so I just got totally overwhelmed with direction yeah maybe maybe that's part of the reason why I've always played music for other people because there's that sense of oh well we're doing this so I'll write that Mm
0: -hmm. maybe
1: that's it but that was the only real sort of moment there where I was like okay should I really be doing this and I don't know I guess like playing playing in Star Together and playing in some other bands as well I've recently started playing in, in Bad Sex which is just very very good fun um, <laughs> and I've never ever worn short white pants before but now I do um, <laughs> but like I think just having that reminder that there is so much fun to be had and there's so many there's so much you know the process of being creative and writing and putting things together with friends is just so important for me i don't think Mm. i could step away
0: from it so we're all stuck in it
1: we're all stuck in it forever (laughs) like i'm gonna be 80 and just like yeah guys let's make a post-punk band
0: yeah (laughs) that's what i'm interested about like what happens when what happens?
1: I think we just get older and more wrinkly.
0: Because I feel like so many people now are creatives and like it's hard not to be a creative in the world that we're like that we grow up in because hmm. there's so much stimulus from all these different areas that you just sort of you want to contribute to it in some kind of way. You go out to a show and you're like, oh these people are playing incredible music and it's like, I want to play music like that and then you go out and you try to make something like that, whether it be like with yourself or with another band or like as a collaboration or something. I I'd be interested to see what happens. What Australia's version of the 60-year-old Berlin DJ is yeah you know what
1: I mean. <laughs> it's it's interesting like I, it, I i agree in that it seems like everyone's a creative these days and i don't know if it's is it more accessible to be creative is it mm-hmm. more acceptable to be creative mm. is it a privilege to be creative mm. i think that's something that i definitely find hard to weigh up i sort of go oh well if i spend you know a whole day playing guitar and writing something that's yep. a day I could be working my day job. That's a day I could be I don't know volunteering at an orphanage. I don't know. Like mm. the, the, you sort of have this like guilt attached to spending, or maybe I, I maybe other people don't, but I certainly have um, this guilt attached to spending time being creative. Like I should be doing more productive things. Yeah, I which think, is I think
0: that's a common sort yeah. of um, feeling amongst Australians. Growing up, being told that you sort of have to have like a a job that contributes to to society like, well like our economy really Because yeah. not really our society because contributing to a society would be creating art creating art so then people are entertained and people can understand each other more and there's like more humanity in the world and I don't know those are
1: I just found it a complete paradox with COVID lockdown you know essential services and Mm -hmm. um, obviously for transmission of a virus you have to try to obviously not mix with lots of people totally understand that Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting that what industries were given support and what weren't perhaps Mm -hmm. helped enough and for people that make art especially making art full-time it was a very very difficult time it's just really interesting to see people's attitudes towards it. Mm. you know people going oh well maybe now's a, a good time for you to focus on your career it's like oh well okay well for me i have a <coughs> career but um you know for other people that make up very much on a full-time basis to hear that yeah. is the most degrading thing yeah and it's
0: especially like, if they're like in that sort of middle part of a successful sort of band where you have to you have to tour a lot And you need to sell merch on those tours to make enough money to continue to record the things that you're working on and continue to promote the things that you're working on as well too.
1: And you rely on small businesses to help you do that. Yeah. And I just think it's really paradoxical that everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, let's not help the arts out, but Mm. I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to listen to all these, you know, records and I'm going to watch all these movies and I'm going to indulge myself in all these comforts that is yeah, of that course. at the same time they don't embrace as being a true means of work in mm. Australia at least. So, yeah. I found that very frustrating.
0: Yep, open the venues back up to and capacity full capacity.
1: Yeah, if there's no local transmission and the risk is fairly low, then why are we continuing to hurt an industry and all these local businesses that is trying to mm-hmm. make ends meet?
0: Yeah, if if a stadium can be full, then yep, if we can, can watch the full. football. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about moving away to other places to make music? I know that you have grown up and still live in brisbane yeah and don't really have any urges to move away but i wonder if you ever have and what you think about that as an idea
1: i yeah i guess like i've had friends move to melbourne which seems to be for a lot of people like a rite of passage mm-hmm. growing up in brisbane mm-hmm. trying to navigate the brisbane music scene and then feeling that compulsion to move to melbourne yeah which makes sense it's a wonderful place to live it's mm-hmm. so musically just diverse. There's a bigger scene there, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've just never had that real drive to uproot my entire life and move it. Mm. Maybe I will. Maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and, <laughs> and I'll be on a plane. I'll be like, see us. Yeah. But I, I just love Brisbane. It's it's a great city. I think I would rather be a fish in a smaller pond than a, a fish in an ocean. Yep. I don't know. I, I guess like I like the idea of creating a sense of community Mm. where I live and that's part of what really keeps me here and keeps me interested in Brisbane because I think there's so much here and I feel a real sense of belonging in the Brisbane music scene, maybe because I've been here for a long time now, (laughs) but I I actually genuinely think that Brisbane has a lot to offer Mm. and I've played in Melbourne quite a few times. I love playing in Melbourne. It's, It's great, but I don't know. There's just something that doesn't really appeal to me i think there's so many things like personal things that keep me in brisbane yeah but the idea of touring and traveling and playing music Mm -hmm. that really excites me yeah i would love to go overseas like i know that you spent three months in iceland pursuing some creative goals Mm -hmm. and the idea of doing like a short stint somewhere in a city that i've never been to yeah i find that really exciting Mm. just to go escape immerse yeah if I had that opportunity I would jump at it yeah be be incredible it's a bit hard at the moment with Miss Rona making things a bit (laughs) difficult but I would yeah I think that would be a really interesting opportunity just to take whatever amount of time and yeah completely delve into something Mm. and then come out the other side yeah
0: (laughs) I think I learned a lot about myself creatively in those three months like more than I've like I learned really valuable lessons about how I need to approach being creative to make myself feel successful, mm. not so much making money or I just, I wanted to make more music than what I was making. And I wanted to release more music quicker than what I was releasing music at. And I found out that while I was over there, yeah, I need to work full time in music to do that. Yeah. So from that point onwards, I kind of was trying to figure out a way to do that full-time and currently I'm doing it
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) amazing
0: but yeah we'll see how long this lasts as well too I don't think I'll ever go back to full-time full-time work in something that's not creative
1: yeah yeah I think that's a really important lesson for you personally like Mm -hmm. to to remove yourself from all the distractions of everyday life because it is really engulfing And you just I I just feel like my life is a series of events that I'm always continually just running late for and stressed about. But I like I like to be busy, I enjoy the stress Mm -hmm. to a degree. (laughs) But to take myself out of that environment and to just have that moment where there's not that white noise happening and you can actually go, Okay, is this what I wanna do? What do I wanna do? How do I get there? Mm I think that's an incredible opportunity and also an incredible almost like a risk to take as well because mm. that's a big that's a big move. I think that's the as an artist that's the hardest thing going from some form of maybe reliable steady work to being 100% in creative ventures. Yeah. I think that's that idea has always terrified me mm. and that's why I've always worked a different job and I yep. jump between the two worlds but I find myself I struggle with it. Mm struggle with it a lot
0: yeah to do both yeah, it's just, yeah. well I, to do all like four basically at one point you were working three different jobs yeah and you were wor- you were playing in three different bands yeah What's uh. <laughs> sleep uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah it would be hard to balance
1: i find it a continual struggle and i know that most creative people that want to do music as their thing they most people probably need to work a day job mm-hmm. to prop themselves up and yep. give them money and everything to be able to do those things to mm-hmm. a certain point where they can be self-sufficient making yep. the art yep. and some people may never get to that point mm. um and that's totally fine as well
0: yeah but don't don't worry too much about the destination as well you should be having a lot of fun just going into a recording studio and making something in a day yeah that's where it all is and (laughs) organizing a show and then watching people fill in a room that you to like a lineup that you facilitated and just watching people enjoy themselves because you decided to one afternoon email someone yeah the happiness and the reward is in those small things that happen
1: oh totally Mm. and if you're talking about that show that you yeah yeah
0: the show that they put on
1: at the bearded lady yeah and it was with cloud tangle start together and Coal falls yeah that was an incredible night Mm. that was for me one of those gigs that were just life-affirming yeah i was like (laughs) no like because we hadn't played in a while and i was just playing and you just get this sense of oh this is what i meant to do Mm. like you know stuff everything else that's getting in the way like this feels so good
0: yeah and i think that's you know that's somewhat from the energy that's in the room as well too like people talk about yeah the energy in the room but like when there's you know when there's a full room in front of you and all those people are like you know chatting and like having fun and laughing and everything that's like that's what the energy is it's just all of these separate people who have come out tonight for whatever reason to watch whatever band or to just go and watch music no matter what it was the energy and the happiness sort of comes from all of those other people
1: yeah and it's like this big melting pot of meeting people and mm. seeing this band you haven't seen before and mm. yeah. I get, yeah it ties into that idea of that sense of community yeah. like i love going to local shows mm-hmm. and seeing my my friends play in bands because yeah. it's just so utterly joyful mm-hmm. like <laughs> I just don't have another word for it just like it's just so good yeah yeah, it's what, what drives us, I think, to, to put on shows and show people what we can do. Mm. Yeah, getting back to that work-life balance, I yeah. tend to put music in the life and then there's work. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, music is, I guess, oh, it's always been a very, like, I guess, a serious hobby. Yeah. I haven't been able to really sustain like a reliable income from it, mm-hmm. but I guess I've never really tried to as well. Mm-hmm. I've always been too you're scared to, to really push for it. Yep. And um, that goes back to Year 12, choosing what career you're going to do and you look through the Glossy magazine and you're like, oh, yeah, I could do the, the, music production yeah. or oh, I could do, you know, healthcare profession mm-hmm. and you sort of go, mm. And so for me, you know, a lot of the gigs that I've played and the bands that I've played in has been slotted in around going to uni yep. and working in a profession, mm-hmm. and most people in that profession are pretty sort of surprised when I talk about music and how involved with bands that I am. Yeah. Like, how do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think at the same time when I'm talking to people that we play music with, some people are surprised that I do have a profession as well, and it's mm. two very different worlds that I jump between, mm. but it's, it's a huge struggle to get the balance right. Yeah. and it's just really <laughs> yeah. tricky it's
0: it's pretty strange to see someone in scrubs turn up to a band rehearsal
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like just like shoving some sort of terrible food into yeah. me i'm just like i'm here let's go chocolate milk <laughs> chocolate milk oh that was a bad choice <laughs> uh i i may have turned up very late to band practice and had a scald a oak chocolate milk and Not sponsored not sponsored <laughs> um but feel free to, if it means we can make art. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I drank the whole thing, very foolishly, and then tried to jump around a bit playing bass, and mm-hmm. it was um, didn't end well.
0: Yep. And then I looked across the room, and we were halfway through playing and practicing a song, and you were just like staring at me in pain. Yeah. Like, what is wrong? And like, then you're like, point to your belly. I
1: was like, Have <laughs> I like, suddenly
0: ah, become lactose ah. intolerant?
1: <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but it is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's what making music is about. Yeah. Looking across the room to see a bandmate in pain because they drank a chocolate milk too fast because they didn't have time between finishing their job and getting to band rehearsal to eat anything that was actually a substantial dinner.
1: Well, you know, I was hungry, thirsty. (laughs) I was uh, ready for a high-calorie hit. but yeah that's that's the that's the life uh just you know jumping between worlds and trying Mm -hmm. to balance everybody's expectations between those two worlds as well yeah i think that's something that i definitely am getting better at negotiating but still not very good at accepting from time to time Mm. cool
0: uh that's all we have time for Yes, it's thanks. been great. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming coming down to Camp Mountain and recording the podcast.
1: No trouble. Thank you for the coffee and the lovely conversation.
0: No problem. If you want to support this podcast, we have a Patreon. You can spend five dollars and you get the podcast a week early. You can spend ten dollars and you'll get access to extra questions which we're going to ask after having this conversation, or you could spend $15 and ask the question yourself to the artist that we're going to get in. I'll send you a list of people who we have lined up and you can choose who you want to direct your message to and I'll ask that to them. Thanks for listening. That's why you made it.